Good evening. You will all be aware by now of the rapid spread of COVID infections across the United Kingdom and further afield, caused by the recently identified Omicron variant. You will also recall that we announced additional protective measures on Sunday the 28th of November to combat Omicron, which included PCR testing for international arrivals, the introduction of lateral flow testing for arrivals from the common travel area, the mandatory wearing of masks in healthcare and in public settings and in public transport, and the raising of the expectation level for wearing of masks in public spaces, and the requirement for whole households to isolate when Omicron is suspected. These measures were timely, appropriate and proportional. But since Omicron was first identified on the island on the 10th of December, cases of the variant have been rising steadily. By late last week, more than 60 cases had been identified, and the latest figures indicate there are now 126 cases. So I'd li now like to introduce Chief Operating Officer Mark Lewin, who has been leading our COVID response, and who will provide an overview of the situation both here and in the United Kingdom. Mark. Good evening, Chief Minister. Thank you. Um, if we could go to the first slide, please, and we just go back and look at what happened in the UK in terms of the announcements late last week. On the slide, this is a slide that Professor Chris Whitty used to just show why that there was a need for uh, an urgent press briefing and the significant and unprecedented rise in cases that had occurred. Uh, and indeed, since that press briefing, obviously, we've seen the UK go through and England and more generally go through significant rises in cases peaking out at 93,000, dropping slightly over the weekend. But um, that's often to be expected at a weekend in any event. So undoubtedly, and, and the message was loud and clear in terms of the significant rise in terms of Omicron, but that what that was also doing in terms of driving a, a general increase in cases. And Professor Chris Whitty talked about two distinct waves. You have the Delta wave, and then you also have the Omicron wave, which is coming up over, over the top of that. Go to the next slide, please. In terms of our cases on the Isle of Man, um, we have over the last uh, few weeks seen the case numbers start to decline again. Uh, and the dashboard as at today shows a, a, a final total of 610 assumed active cases. Uh, and that no doubt is in part due to both the behaviours in terms of what's happened over the last few weeks and the responses in terms of the extra mitigations have been put in place. So from an island perspective, we've been watching and we've been seeing cases decline from a Delta perspective uh, over that period. If we go to the next slide, please. This is quite a busy slide, but it just shows that um, across all age bands, really, with the exception of perhaps the 20 to 29, which have held quite flat, all age bands have also been in decline from a Delta perspective. So. The, uh, the wave that we've been experiencing has been coming down and has been coming down consistently across, across all areas. I said before, however, on the next slide, that we are dealing with two distinct waves here. We have the Delta and increasingly right across the UK and indeed across the whole world, we now have an Omicron wave and both are coexisting and it's the Omicron growth that's driving the cases. And as the Chief Minister said, since we had our first case, uh, back on the 10th of December, we have now seen a, uh, a significant increase in cases. We now have 126 
probable cases, or around 21% of our active cases are probable Omicron cases. Uh, and indeed, over the last 24 hours, in terms of yesterday's number, that's gone from uh, 19 out of the 57 cases, or about 33%. So we haven't yet seen the significant trajectory in terms of what's happening across the whole of the UK and further afield. But undoubtedly, we, we are seeing that significant growth in terms of Omicron and, and the spread that it is now bringing. If you could move to the next slide, please. So a number of things in terms of considerations in terms of how we deal with that um, and just put a few points of relevance, if I may. Firstly, we can clearly see, and, and again, everyone's um, called countries around the world to focus on this, but transmission appears to be higher with Omicron than it has been with previous strains. There could be a number of reasons uh, behind that, but one of them could be that previous infections that have provided a level of natural immunity uh, and indeed the vaccinations that clearly also help provide a level of protection against transmission up to now are not working as effective. And as such, there is a far larger population target for Omicron to focus on. On the next point, um, for many, the symptoms may also appear to be milder um, in terms of Omicron than it has been in previous uh, previous strains. Um, there are different symptoms, whether it be head cold, uh, uh, runny nose, sore throat, rather than the classic COVID symptoms. So for many, they may appear to be milder. Clearly, um, you know, there are people out there, however, that this will still be significant for, and it may well be that for them, some where it appears to be milder, uh, it is uh, talked about the vaccine and previous uh, infections not providing the same level of protection in terms of transmission, but, but perhaps the body has learned and is responding to a new infection and is helping fight that off. So for say for some, it could appear to be milder. That then leads to the, 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 the third point at the bottom there in terms of uh, it may well escape um, uh, detection. So as more people appear to have milder symptoms, then they're less likely to realize perhaps they've, they've, they've got COVID, uh, Omicron, uh, less likely perhaps to come forward for significant testing uh, and also in terms of the, the isolation that goes with that. So a different approach may well be needed when you're dealing with a different type of strain that appears to be transmitting uh, faster, um, that potentially for, for many people may appear to have milder symptoms. And in terms of uh, escaping detection, then that in itself could fuel more transmission. So it's critically important that we are able to try and identify wherever possible the scale of, of infections and help people do the right thing in terms of going into isolation to protect themselves and, and others during peak times. What I would also say, though, is that early evidence, and this is all still, all, all still new and there's a lot more data needs to be developed, um, but, but early evidence is that the third dose, third doses are highly effective, not only in terms of um, potentially in terms of transmission, but also really importantly in terms of the severity of illnesses. Again, the body continues to learn, adapt and respond to uh, an infection. So the final thing I, I just wanted to say is that uh, on the, the last slide is in terms of um, the benefits of self-testing and, and natural flows in particular. And we've been asked this a number of times in this visual really just tries to show what we've seen over the last three months of around 6,000 positive cases. The blue dots are those that have come forward voluntarily having done a self-tested lateral flow. 
a significant amount, 89%, have come forward, which have then been confirmed through PCR testing. On top of that, we have around 8% who have also um, met concerned members of the public that have come forward and said that they have symptoms or general concerns and wanted to have clarification and have come forward for a PCR. So around 97% of all of our positive cases over the last three months have been people who have recognised a concern or picked something up from testing and have come forward using lateral flows or confirmed through the PCR uh, and have then gone into 10 days isolation to help protect against transmission and help to try and contain um, contain the level of cases. So really it just does show the huge value of, 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 of having a mass self-testing programme in place and the great goodwill that comes forward from people testing themselves and, and taking precautions as a result of that. Back to you, Chief. Thank you very much, uh, Mark. And it's also uh, good to have Catherine Magson along this evening from uh, the Department of Health uh, and Social Care Chief Executive, who will be uh, available afterwards to answer any questions. So it's clear that we must prepare for a substantial number of Omicron cases on the island, although the actual number of infections and the rate of spread is always hard to predict. Nevertheless, we should plan for a high infection rate and potentially thousands of cases at any one time, which may cause the current COVID management structure to become overwhelmed. Of course, the easy answer is to impose restrictions on our lives to protect the existing infrastructure. But we know the economic and social cost of enforced restrictions can be significant. We also have to ask what such restrictions are going to achieve. Yes, it might slow the spread, but Omicron appears likely to sweep back in when such restrictions are lifted, which may very quickly then put us right back at square one. As I have mentioned, thousands of cases could cause our PCR testing to become overwhelmed, contact tracing to become virtually impossible, and the 111 line unmanageable. In addition, if we continue with our current strategy of requiring whole households to isolate, we will quickly find that we get serious impacts on the delivery of critical public services and the ability of our economy to function as more and more households and people are put into isolation. Therefore, it has been entirely right and appropriate that the Council of Ministers has determined that a new strategic approach is required that requires greater community involvement and management of the potential caseload. We need a more fluid and flexible approach if we are to get through the next few weeks, and we can do this as a nation together by utilising the main tools at our disposal. Our vaccine booster programme as the foundation to protect us from the direct health risks. The use of lateral flow devices to identify the virus. The wearing of masks to protect ourselves and others. And by bringing this all together as a community with discretion and common sense. Dealing first with the booster programme, we know that the third doses will provide increased protection from both transmission and serious illness. Our approach, therefore, is to get as many people boosted as quickly as possible. And the current accelerated program is working towards 90% of eligible adults receiving boosters by mid-January. This morning, boosters became available for everyone over 18. And our vaccinations team will be working throughout the festive period to get as many jabs and boosters in arms as possible. Just today, 
More than 2,200 people have received injections from the hard-working team at the vaccination centre at Chester Street. This is a brilliant effort. I know the whole team down there has pulled out all the stops, so a heartfelt thank you to everyone involved in this programme. I urge everybody across the island to take the opportunity to get protected. Walk-in sessions are available or you can make an appointment. This remains one of the most important tools, indeed our foundation, to limit the damage of this impending wave from Omicron. Moving on now to another fundamental shift in strategy as we move forward as a community. This will begin at one minute past midnight on Wednesday morning when a positive lateral flow device test will alone require an individual to self-isolate for 10 days. You no longer need a PCR test to confirm a COVID diagnosis. In addition, the period of self-isolation can be reduced by recording two negative LFD tests, a minimum of 24 hours apart. We are asking that the original positive test must be recorded online. An email will then be sent explaining the isolation requirements and providing guidance that has previously been received through a direction notice. Both negative test results must also be officially recorded before someone is free to go from self-isolation. This change is designed to harness the testing capability across our community and capitalise on the reliability and availability of home testing kits. A move to include LFDs as well as PCR tests recognises the huge amount of public support for voluntary self-testing that has to date identified the vast majority of COVID cases over recent months. Self-management also brings obvious benefits around the possibility of ending self-isolation earlier than 10 days once the risk of transmission has been removed. It is vital that asymptomatic cases are picked up and I urge everyone to keep a good stock of lateral flow devices to ensure that you, your family and those around you are testing regularly. I am asking you all to self-manage your health, self-manage your families and help us by reporting in the actions that you are taking. We are now asking and empowering every member of our society to help keep the island moving. As far as close contacts are concerned, all cases will be treated identically and are asked to be vigilant by self-testing for seven days. Those close contacts currently adhering to rules specific to the Omicron variant will be contacted by 111 and released from self-isolation and asked to undertake a lateral flow test prior to leaving. Contact tracing will be based on self-declarations in most cases and we will ask those who log a positive test to get in touch with people who may need to take extra precautions. The work of the government's contact tracing team will focus largely on cases that include complex and high-risk settings. PCR testing will continue to be used for travel and hospital screening. It will also be available for anyone who is symptomatic but has tested negative at home and those who wish to or want to confirm a positive diagnosis if their self-tests remain positive after seven days. These changes are appropriate. They will help protect infrastructure 
and give you much more ability to self-manage the pandemic and the rapid spread of the Omicron variant. Speaking of self-management, I know many of you are wearing masks and following the strength and guidance issued in recent weeks. Thank you for doing right by our community, but we now need to be even more vigilant. We need to consider how we approach, approach environments outside the household, including in social, retail and work settings. Please be considerate to others, respect mitigations people wish to take, respect personal space, wear face coverings, and please use the lateral flow tests to know before you go. The coming weeks may be difficult, and I have to tell you that we are prepared to act hard and fast if the situation demands it, particularly if we are unable to provide critical public services. However, we should not be afraid. We have all the tools at our disposal to get through this, and we will get through this. Thank you. I now uh, turn to the media for questions, and uh, first up on the list is Jeff. Uh, to my Chief Minister, just as a, I suppose the first question that springs to mind is why now? It's a few days before Christmas, people are likely to be mixing, and while we don't have really anyone's Christmas, there is necessarily a chance here that people could use the lateral flow devices as a way of saying they are negative without necessarily being negative, or people may not come forward to admit they are negative. Are you placing too much trust in people here? No, not at all. Um... Not at all, Sam. Uh, I have utmost trust uh, in the public. Throughout this pandemic, the public response has been absolutely um, tremendous. And many people now uh, across the island are being hugely responsible uh, in terms of coming to us with, with their declarations. As you saw in that slide earlier now, the vast, vast majority of PCR uh, tests um, are based on uh, and are given on the back of people's self-declarations that they have um, COVID. So I'm absolutely confident uh, in, in the community uh, that the community are taking this matter hugely um, seriously. We've already seen uh, a significant uptake in people acting responsibly, particularly in retail uh, settings. I know that the demand for lateral flow tests uh, is increasing. We've got huge stocks um, ready and uh, I know that significant numbers across the community are using the lateral flow tests before they actually go out to social settings or parties or, or even to visit um, their parents. And really the fundamental message from all this now is that uh, we need to work together. The purpose of bringing this forward today is to ensure we are well prepared to manage what is potentially coming um, down the line, that we're acting in good time um, and that we're not having to uh, have increased speculation, particularly over the Christmas and New Year period, about what the government is intending um, to do here. So uh, absolutely confident that we've got this right and that the public will respond appropriately. Thank you. And secondly, while we too are keen to avoid speculation, there's an element here of you said you're prepared to act hard and fast if the situation demands. What situation would demand you to do that? Well, there are multiple uh, uh, things that we have to um, consider uh, in terms of having to act hard and fast. And just to be absolutely clear, 
I, I can't rule out um, that we may have to take uh, enforced action, if you like, or impose legal restrictions if um, the situation becomes overwhelming. Particularly, uh, I look to the health and care settings in the hospital, and we have to be uh, are cognizant of the pressure um, that our health service has been under for the last two years. Um, and the fact that a, a number of cases arriving in hospital, particularly into uh, intensive care, could cause us to consider carefully whether we are able to deliver the vital services in that respect. And of course, we have to consider that a huge number of cases on the island may, for example, reduce capacity and staffing in certain areas. And uh, you know, we will need to t consider and factor in uh, people's safety and the safety of, uh, and security of the island as a whole. Um, so we've got a multitude that, that of uh, things that we would need to consider. Uh, and if we feel it appropriate, we need a, what I would probably term as a circuit break to bring back some level of uh, control, then we would not be afraid um, to do that in the future. You. Thank you very much, Sam. So uh, Lewis uh, Foster from Manx Radio. Hi there, good evening. Uh, a question for the Chief Executive of the Department of Health and Social Care, please. We're hearing of record numbers at the vaccine clinic today. You mentioned there, Chief Minister. Um, despite the walk-ins only being extended to over 18s this morning, so what's stopping governments extending the clinic times to later in the evening and having late-night clinics and getting more people through the door in one day? Hi, thanks, Lewis. Yes, yeah, so you're quite right. Chief Minister talked about uh, just over 2,200. We are currently totting up the vaccinations as we go through and speak. Actually, that actually number has risen to now 2,400. Actually, the number's increasing as we finalise the numbers for today. Uh, and we plan to do probably a similar number tomorrow if the demand is out there and people do turn up for their boosters. Uh, ultimately, the answer is workforce. Um, so we have uh, 20 vaccinators on today. Normally on a full day, we would have had 12. So it gives you some idea of how much we've tried to increase capacity. That's also been supported by a significant number of new administrators and people who are helping management queues and, and so forth, the process to go through the vaccination centre. So um, there's quite a lot of involved behind the scenes, getting ready for the next day, freezing, defrosting vaccines and so forth. So yes, we are working at our maximum capacity and we have staff absolutely seconded over from all parts of the system in to be able to do that. So uh, we're comfortable that we've got enough vaccines available this week for anybody who really wants to come forward. And as the Chief Minister said, that's our key message, is boosters remains our, our, our biggest line of defence here and we encourage as many people as possible to come forward. We do have really, really good spaces. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, obviously days happened. Thursday, Friday, less so as we expect people getting ready for Christmas. But ultimately, please do come forward and take up these slots. OK, thank you. Um, for the Chief Minister there, I suppose, if we've heard about those targets, uh, everyone eligible 90% by mid-January, the Health Minister before was saying everyone over the age of 40 before Christmas. In terms of when Comin sitting down to discuss, as you mentioned, you can never rule out uh, further restrictions. What happens if we meet those targets? How will that affect your viewpoint, do you think? Well, First of all, um, if I may, Lewis, uh, can I actually just build on what uh, Catherine was um, saying there? I, I just want to pay tribute. Uh, again, I did talk about the vaccination teams, but I want to pay tribute to all uh, our nurses, doctors, everybody across uh, the healthcare system and indeed even our carers now who are going to be once again facing potentially significant strain and significant um, pressures. I want to pay tribute to your professionalism tonight. I want to pay tribute to the way uh, you've reacted uh, in sort of 
in getting the vaccine program up and running and underway. And uh, I want to uh, pay tribute also to those in the care community who've been operating themselves uh, under quite significant restrictions and, and will have to do so um, again as they deal with some of the most vulnerable um, in our society. But in terms of the vaccines, Lewis, you know, it's been clear it is our foundation. That is the, the one thing. The third dose will will absolutely top up and increase your individual protection against the virus. The more people that are protected, the less risk there is um, to the hospital, the less risk there is to health and care services. And uh, again, the more people are protected, the less pressure that is put, uh, put in on our infrastructure. So it is absolutely vital that we push ahead at full steam with this uh, vaccine programme and that uh, the community buys in and gets down to Chester Street and gets their vaccine and gets boosted. Okay, thank, thank you. Th thank you very much. Um, Paul Moulton. Thank you, Chief Minister. Uh, back to Catherine on that just a part that Lewis was mentioning there and you were talking about how many vaccines you got. You said you got uh, enough for this week. So naturally, there's a big run on the bank for everyone wanting to get the boosters. How are the supplies holding up? Yeah, absolutely fine. Um, we were able to, we actually got enough thought for this week. In fact, we're in the process of uh, defrosting some more because of the demand that we've seen in the last couple of days. Um, so, and again, we've got more than enough for into next week. Um, and then we're drawing down as we can, as we've always been doing from the UK in order to supply beyond the end of January. So no issues and cause for concerns around vaccine supply at all. And secondly on that, some days it's Pfizer, some days Madeira. I mean, what's, what, what's going on there? Why the mix and match going on? Um, it's again down to the supply. We receive about 22% of the supply is, is Moderna. Um, so it all comes from the UK. Um, at the moment, we're doing um, a number of uh, Moderna days. It'll then move on to Pfizer towards um, into next week, and then we'll flip back. So it really depends. It depends on the supply that we've got. It depends on the vaccinators that we've got as well. So ultimately, we've managed to clink, clink about a week in advance. Um, but it's all, it's all down to the supply that we receive from the UK. Um, and it is a blend of those two vaccines. But if anybody else, for clinical reasons, needs to have AstraZeneca, then that is also available. And Chief Minister, you mentioned circuit breaker there. I mean, obviously, this is the big word everyone's listening out for. What trips it? I mean, is it the, the, the run on the NHS? Uh, and will that involve more than just lockdowns? Would that involve travel restrictions slash shutting borders of any description? Paul, I'm, I, I merely highlight the fact that... Um, you know, as a nation, as, as we move forward, and, and today really is about uh, announcing us moving forward together rather than the government uh, determining how we uh, should move forward by imposing um, restrictions, that moving forward together is, is in everybody's best interest, not just um, for managing the Omicron variant, I think, but also moving forward as we learn how to deal with and manage COVID, particularly if it's going to be here um, for a long time. And uh, of course, I know everybody likes to um, talk, talk about uh, restrictions and lockdowns. You know, it, it, we've made it clear that is our last resort. But I also want to make it clear that we will not hesitate um, if we do believe that the nation's security is, is coming under threat in any way or that, that people are being exposed um, to a level of risk that is um, unacceptable. And there are lots of factors that we have to consider. But yes, you know, very much at the heart, uh, heartbeat of it will be the uh, ability of our health services and health professionals um, to deliver uh, the required level, um, I would suggest, of protection in terms of uh, the ability to uh, look after people on, on this island in a, in, a, in a proper manner. And would that involve borders if necessary? Uh, 
you know, Paul, again, you know, I, I think the broadest question, I hope, has, has uh, left us um, uh, now. But, uh, you know, nothing can, it could, can be ruled out in these, um, in these circumstances. Thank you very much and uh, Merry Christmas. Thank you. Um, right, 3FM, Leanne Cook. Good evening, Chief Minister. My first question is for Catherine, following on uh, recent questions from Lewis and Paul. Do you have any plans to open additional vaccine clinics on Ireland or will Chester Street remain the sole clinic? For the moment, Leanne, it will be our sole clinic, yes, um, and certainly until we get through the booster programme. And the expectation is we, we hope to have been able to give everybody a booster by the end of the second week in January. Again, a bit earlier if people don't come forward, but that is our absolute aim to do that. And we're planning to have that completed by that point. Um, so really, in order to be able to manage the throughput that's needed, we do ask people to come to Chester Street. We are doing houseband, clearly, to support those individually that will continue. We've already done the care homes and nursing homes. Um, but really, we ask as many people to make their way to Chester Street as they can. I would also, Leanne, if I'm like to make a call out next week, we are going to put on uh, some walking clinics, particularly for those who are coming forward for their first doses. We've seen a really big rise in people registering for first doses. So we're going to put on some, uh, some crates and space specifically next week on the 27th and the 28th and then also on the 7th and the 8th of January for people to come forward for walk-ins if they've not had their first and are now registered and we have now, now have several hundred that have done so so we're really really pleased to see that. Similarly individuals can also come forward if they do a second dose in those clinics. So we're focusing on boosters at the moment. I've explained it really needs to be in one place to allow the throughput a very large volume of throughput with the resource that we've got to get the maximum efficiency and we'll open up further for those who need a first or a second dose. And more communications will be coming out accordingly. Perfect. And my second question, just following on from that, we've had questions from parents just wondering if you have any more of an idea of when clinics for 12 to 17 year olds could be in the new year. Yeah, so at the moment it will have to be after we finish those boosters, first and second doses. So the end of the second weeks so are going into the third week. If I can bring that forward, we absolutely will. That's our complete focus. And I should also have said that it is our intention with those dates that I just gave, and again, further communications will come out, we will aim to try and do as many of the second doses for the 16 and 17-year-olds. Um, so the 12 and the 17s will be after we finish the boosters, and the 16 and 17-year-olds will be able to walk in with those dates I referred to a moment ago. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Leanne. Uh, Finally, Alex Wotton from the BBC. Good evening. Nearly said afternoon then. Um, my first question, really, you mentioned that you want people to do regular LFTs at home. So obviously people's um, interpretation of regular may differ. Do you have an official regularity twice a week or something like that, especially for people not showing any symptoms? Well, we are uh, telling people and asking people now to, to test regularly. I mean... Clearly, that uh, very much depends on their own personal circumstances. What we are, I think, clearly saying to um, people is that if you are going out, particularly into a social setting, um, that you must and, and should consider uh, taking a lateral flow device test um, to protect yourself, um, but also primarily to protect the others around you. Omicron is spreading very, very rapidly. We know that. We understand that. And if we're going to get through this successfully, what we're asking is the community to help uh, mitigate um, the impact by taking self-testing at home uh, 
in the appropriate circumstances, uh, either before they go out, or sp specifically before they go out, particularly um, in the days after they come back from those types um, of settings. Uh, and if they're not visiting those types of settings, we're just asking people really to, to, to be responsible and to do what they feel uh, is the appropriate uh, level um, of, of testing. But particularly as we come up to the Christmas period, I know that uh, many people will be going out to visit uh, friends and, and families. And our advice is to know before you go, to take a lateral flow test before you uh, go out to these types of settings. Uh, make sure that you're um, protecting uh, those around you and, and particularly taking uh, care if you know you're going to be in contact with somebody who may be more vulnerable um, uh, when it comes to exposure to the virus. Okay. Um, also with the process of actually logging your results, so say you do do your LFT at home and you've got a positive result, you said obviously you can log online. Will that process be made any simpler than it currently is? Is there any way to sort of make that sort of more easy for, for everyone to access? And also people that aren't necessarily comfortable with technology and potentially the more vulnerable people getting positive tests and not really knowing where to, to log that? So, um, yes, so, so yes, in terms of the technology, it's an important uh, point. Yep, we are hoping that most people will be able to go online. It will be a fairly simple form to um, fill out and report in terms of their diagnosis, when they got diagnosed, um, and also maybe some other questions around um, contacts, etc. Uh, the primary thing is, though, if, if people have any questions or, or queries or need to report in uh, and don't feel comfortable with the computers, then they will be able to do, do that through the 111 line, and that facility will be available for, through, them, through, that, uh, through that function. That's great. Uh, is there any more questions? Sam, one more from you, I think. Yeah, it was just a quick minor point, thank you, Chief Minister, about you said close contacts will be um, contacted by 111 and allowed to leave self-isolation. That's specific to the Omicron variant. Do we know when that will be? Uh, yes, they will be um, contacted. This comes into effect on uh, Wednesday, so uh, it, may, it may take a bit of time, but 111 will be in contact with those households who are currently um, uh, in full isolation. Um, so, so essentially, you know, what we did to try and uh, mitigate this and try and understand the impact of Omicron was ask that uh, whole households isolated once an Omicron uh, case was suspected. You know, now, now moving forward, uh, we are saying this will be done on a self-management basis. Uh, the primary case will self-isolate for 10 days and we're asking that other members of the household then test themselves uh, for seven days thereafter with the lateral um, flow tests. But uh, we will help those uh, who are currently uh, in enforced isolation release themselves by calling them via the 111 line. Paul, one question from you. If you don't mind, it's, it's from uh, someone who's got in contact with me saying, uh, being told the AstraZeneca boosters are used to they're, they're available. Uh, this is not the case, this person says. My wife's been seeking it for weeks. There's none on the island. Maybe you can just clarify that. Catherine? Yeah, no, that's not correct. Um, we, there are limited supplies, but we do bring them together in a cluster, Paul, as needed. So that's what we try and do. And we, we have had a small number that we've recently done up at the hospital for those who needed it. So if anybody really does, for those clinical reasons, unable to have the Pfizer and Moderna, which should be a very, very, very small proportion, then we will arrange for that accordingly. So again, if anybody wants to email me, I'm happy to help them. So it's not a choice thing. You get what you're given unless you've got a reason. 
it is not a choice, no. There should be no reason why, unless there are a very small number of conditions where people cannot have uh, Pfizer and Moderna, that's a recommended two vaccines, both are equally um, uh, proportionate and, and, and available and absolutely suitable for the booster vaccine. So um, unless there's any particular clinical reason that's been flagged by your consultant or your GP, then there should be no need for anybody to have anything other than Pfizer and Moderna. Okay, that looks like um, it. So uh, thank you very much um, to everybody in the press for coming along uh, this evening. I just wanted to um, conclude by saying, although this period could be difficult, uh, we should not be afraid. We do have all the tools, uh, as I said before, at our disposal to get through this. And indeed, we will get through this as a community. Get boosted. Use lateral flow devices to self-diagnose COVID and as a tool to ensure that you're safe to go out, wear masks as appropriate and consider others. And finally, I just wanted to finish by wishing all uh, across our community a very happy and a very safe Christmas. Thank you very much. <laughs>